This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Amanda Turner, Rocco Salvatore, Shane Hill, Running and Stash, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Hello, Nikki. Welcome to The Adventure Jogger. Thank you, Ryan. I'm I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you on. You went on one heck of an adventure not too long ago that I, I can't wait to talk about. But first, I kind of want to get to know you, Nikki. Kind of, kind of get your oh. your story. Uh, well, first of all, where are you from? I'm from Nashville. You are from Tennessee. Nashville, the I'm music from city. Nash- the music city. Born and raised in Nashville. And um, went to college here in Birmingham, where I live now, mm-hmm. and then moved back to Nashville. Um, met my husband. Um, we moved to Atlanta after that, yeah. and then we went back to Nashville, and now we are in Birmingham. Everybody's moving to Nashville. You did it three times. Everyone's doing it now, just once. I know, I know. And you know, my dad said if if I were to still live there, I'd be considered a unicorn. That's what the people who were born there are called now. It is so weird. So rare. Right, you're right because so many people from from California are coming to Nashville. Just Tennessee in general. Tennessee has seen this this huge increase in population just because people are moving here because the taxes are cheap the schools are good the roads are good the cost of living is great like you really can't beat it (laughs) and nashville's kind of in this weird spot right now i was i was in nashville the other day in this old neighborhood in the bell mead side of of nashville yeah. (laughs) yeah this is like the perfect so this sums up Nashville perfectly. So this beautiful mm-hmm. old neighborhood, like houses from the 1940s. Beautiful you, neighborhood. Yeah. And you can tell who the original families are and who's passed on because you have these homes from the 1940s. You have the you have a lot of original homes. Mm-hmm. And right next to them, you have mega mansions, these yes. giant homes built next to these. So you have these 1,500 square foot homes from 1942. And right. then you have these houses where, you know, someone bought three lots, knocked it all down right. and put this giant mansion in there. It's this mix of old and new. But you're right. Yeah. It's like you meet someone from Nashville, born and raised there. You're like, oh, you are strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do miss it. But man, to to move back would cost so much money The property values have gone up so much yeah it really has and, and, i mean it does have a good running scene in nashville there's so many great oh, runners right yeah it's perfect running scene but, but in alabama there's great are. runners as well here, here we are now yeah, you're now you're now you're in birmingham right is birmingham yeah. where you call home yeah, we got a good running scene here, so. You really do. You have fantastic people running there. Mm-hmm. And speaking of running, now that we've given everybody the lowdown on Nashville. So if you're thinking of moving to Nashville, it's pricey and you better be a country <laughs> <It's>, singer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how you get it. And it's busy. Try yes. getting through Nashville at rush time. Rush it's, hour. it's yeah. very busy. Um, let's talk about running for a minute, Nikki. Are you one of those folks that running has been a big part of your life for your whole life or? Or are you someone that found it later in life? Okay, so I ran cross country in high school. I played basketball and tennis. And in order to play these sports, we had to play a, we had to do a fall sport. And um, cross country was in the fall. So I ran cross country for three or four years in high school. And uh, when I left high school, I left that kind of behind. And, um, tried to train for a marathon to run with my dad because he picked up running in his 50s okay or maybe his 60s anyway he was running the nashville marathon and i wanted to do it with him i got a shin splint 
I was too busy partying <laughs> and I didn't want to, you know, I thought, oh, that's perfect. The shin's plant. Okay, well, I'll just resume my life. <laughs> and so, no, I didn't, didn't, that didn't take, uh, you know, I, no. And then um, I, uh, I started running again because of my father. Um, he, uh, encouraged us to my husband and I to sign up for a 5k 10k turkey trot and this is in 2016 okay and so we did and we trained and um we just parlayed that into a half marathon which came up in February then we parlayed that into the Nashville the rock it was rock and roll by then yeah rock and roll marathon in April and then just kept doing marathons and then Moved over to trail. Okay, so you did that. I love your story about doing cross-country not because of a passion for running, but like your right. coach, your basketball coach saying, listen, you're going to have to do a sport in the fall, mm-hmm. and here are your choices. And you look at the right. list and go, oh, cross-country doesn't sound that horrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it wasn't. And I, and I have to say, I enjoyed it. I, it was good. I mean, I didn't have bad experience with yeah. it, but uh, it just wasn't my passion. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then it was not your time. It was, it was it's funny right? because no. so many people, it's like you almost have a time, right? Like running will weave its way in and out of someone's life yeah. and you'll get opportunities. And when your dad says to you, hey, let's run, at that point, it was the country music marathon. Um, mm-hmm. let's do that. And and you get shin splints and you're just not feeling it at that point. Right. Again, not your time, right? No. It was, you're, right. you are not ready for that adventure quite yet. And if we can no. just take a side here, one of the biggest blunders in all of marketing, and this just goes to show you how detached some organizations are from reality. One of the biggest blunders in marketing was when the Rock and Roll Marathon series bought the Country Music Marathon in Nashville and didn't keep the name. Um, Nashville, yeah. Nashville is the home of country music, the art that America has given to the world. And you're going to go, ah, we're going to call it the Nashville Rock and Roll Marathon because it's just easier on T-shirts. Like, right. whose idea? Our brand better. Right. Whose idea was that? Um, <laughs> but I digress. That is probably the worst uh, marketing decision ever made in the history of running. Um, even worse so than Iron Man taking over some ultras. But we won't. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> it's going to be a toss up. But, but no, and, and then later on in life, so your dad runs your did your dad ran the country music marathon obviously he stuck with it for a while and then challenges you and your husband like hey let's do a 5k 10k turkey trot that is a much yeah. much more palatable entry into the sport <laughs> yeah. than a marathon you know it's like yeah. we're gonna ease into this just a little better <laughs> than and not just go you know jump completely into the deep end and of course that at that moment you were ready. You were ready for the gift of running to find you. Yeah. So I would have to say 2015, 2016, I put on some weight and my daughter left to go to college in 2016 and I started hiking mm-hmm. um, 12 miles every other Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Wow. But I would just hike. Yeah. So when he introduced the let's do a 5k 10k or you know p- pick your distance yeah uh i was kind of like yeah i can do that we can do that i got out there i couldn't run a mile i really couldn't run a mile i just it, it was so defeating and um we trained and trained and trained for this 10. We, we signed up for the 10K. I'm, I'm an all or nothing person. So if there's distances, I'm going to go for the longest distance, even though I don't think I should do that. It's made up but, the wisest um, choice. Right. So um, we did we did do the 10K. And we, we were doing the Hal Higdon's um, marathon training plan. And it went from there and it was a perfect lineup to the half marathon 
here in Birmingham. Mm. Then it was a perfect lineup to, to keep going and do the full marathon in Nashville. And so when I was trying to train for the first one in Nashville, that was um, 2005. No, no, I'm sorry, 1990. Wait, they no, all blend 2000. together. They all blend <laughs> together at some it point. It was in 2005. It was 1999. Okay, I believe or 2000. Yeah, just let's go with that. Yeah, we'll just go, we'll go 2000. We'll just <laughs> let's do 2000. So fast forward to 2016. There's a lot of space um, in there, a lot of time between is. shin splints and leaving dad all on his lonesome to go run the, the country <laughs> music marathon, which they used to have, by the way, it was so cool because they'd had they'd have country musicians every like couple miles. They'd have the stages yeah. set up and they would play along the route. And there was always the, the final, you'd cross the finish line into Nissan Stadium and they would always have a huge act playing. Yeah, like a big name. I, like I went and would watched know. him. I remember it. I remember it clearly because even though I didn't participate, I went down there to support him. And yeah, it was so cool. It's a lot of effort for some people to see George Strait. That was a lot of. Like, 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 <laughs> you, you, you want to see George? You guys, you got to run twenty six point two miles uh, through Nashville to go see George Strait in concert. But a lot, a lot of time progresses at that point. Going from yeah. you know two thousand, we'll just say two thousand because it's we'll just round it up um, to when you do the the five k, ten k. So it's interesting. Your body at that point is like completely forgot every ounce of training that you had done for that for that uh, country music marathon. All of it. I mean, just I could not believe I couldn't run a mile, and um, so I remember we would. We we pretty much stuck religiously to the to the plan, mm-hmm. and I remember the first time we ran four miles without stopping. We were just high fiving each other. We did it. We did it. We made it. And uh, and our, we did end up running the ten k and and <laughs> and then the, when the rock and roll marathon came around, um, it was in April in Nashville, mm-hmm. late April in Nashville. And that's really a crapshoot. Oh, it is a crapshoot all over the South. That's when you, any race you schedule, right? Any race in your calendar, if it's in the South, you are iffy from March all the way through October, like Absolutely. late October. Like it is Absolutely. early March to late October. It could be 50. It, it, it could be ninety five. Exactly, we've had freeze, we've had freezing rain in Nashville for the Country Music <laughs> yeah. Marathon, and we have had like record high temperatures where people are passing out on the course, and it's we the did same the record weekend. high temperature <laughs> one. Yes, yeah, I remember that one. Yes, yes. <laughs> they pushed it forward thirty minutes, I believe, that year. It was two thousand seventeen, or was it? Yeah, two thousand seventeen. They pushed it forward, and then they started saying, oh, if you're not an experienced marathon runner, we suggest you do the half. And we're like, hmm. <laughs> you know, so my husband and I did not stick together. We're both wondering. I get to the half, and, you know, the half turn off, and they're, you know, like, please go to the half if you're not experienced. <laughs> but I'm trained for the full, and I right. wanted to do the full. And so I went through, uh, you know, probably not smart, but – I kept my hydration up. I knew stuff like that. But yeah, it took me about five hours to finish that one. Well, it was a slog in uh-huh. from Shelby Bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> there's probably there's probably ten miles of that marathon. You were going, God, I should have just I should have I should have gone to the split. <laughs> right. I should have just done the half. I'm not trained yeah. for I'm not trained for ninety degrees with ninety percent humidity. Yeah. At, it at was this so point. bad that year. That was the year people were getting in um, ambulances. You could hear ambulances the whole time, and it would just freak me out, you know. Yeah. It got my anxiety. And, and all the ambulances are just basically a chorus of, of, of you know, bad choices. Like, you've made a poor choice. <laughs> like, like, Nikki, good luck. Good luck, Nikki. But you yeah. did it. But you did it. And- I did it. Yeah, and I, I think you probably proved to yourself, like, okay, I took the hard route. Um, this was really difficult. Was it at that point that 
maybe you were one and done with the road marathon and looking for something else or did you just kind of get into the group one and done lasted about one day you know (laughs) you know how it goes (laughs) oh i'll try that again in a few weeks Mm -hmm. so no it it took me uh, my second marathon was hmm, i don't remember maybe in february the next year yeah the mercedes marathon here in birmingham yeah but um, yeah, no, I wasn't done. I kept running. And then you, I, I, yeah, I fell in love with it. What was it that made you fall in love with running? Being outside, um, actually doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had become very lethargic and and lazy over the year before and uh getting off the sofa and getting outside was something huge for me so uh it was um and i met a lot of people too and that was fun to to meet the people i could go into a backstory but i'm not going i i'm not going to but i had kind of uh, for lack of, I kind of secluded myself for a few years really? from uh, social anxiety. Kept me pretty much housebound for a while. Really? So this was a huge move for me to even go out and run through the neighborhood. Wow! I, you know, it's funny, Nikki, because I think there's so many people that have social anxiety and and are afraid of the judgment and are afraid of what's going to happen outside and so it's an incredibly brave thing to go outside when you have severe social anxiety and then especially to do a big city marathon when you've got social anxiety like you can have social anxiety and run a hundred mile ultra marathon because you're going to see people for the first 10 miles and then you're on your own for the next 90 but but that's what was it what was the catalyst for the change, Nikki? What did made you decide, like, listen, I, I am secluded? I just could not keep living like I was living. I couldn't. I mean, I didn't want to go to the grocery store. I would go. I think there were times I would go for weeks and not leave the house. Wow. Just from fear. And um, I just couldn't live like that anymore and me leaving the house and going out to our local um it's called oak mountain but it's a mountain but it's not a west coast mountain yeah, right, right. <laughs> but it's you know it's a birmingham it's the, mountain mountain. We, yeah. it's the mountain we have yeah um to go out there and hike three times a week is what i started doing but i was by myself mm-hmm. i wouldn't see a lot of people and yeah to to join in with the run um start running locally it was hard and it's still hard sometimes um just the fear of rejection i don't know if rejection is the word but you know um i still have a little social anxiety is this something that did you conquer this yourself is running the the therapy yeah, that you did absolutely. yourself so this is you didn't talk to a therapist or get on medication or something this was like- oh no i've been on medication for anxiety since i was in my 20s when i had panic attacks okay i had severe panic attacks in my 20 early 20s okay and so i have had medication for anxiety since then but the social anxiety was over i wouldn't say it was over as as overwhelming as the panic was yeah. because that controlled my life I mean, for several years. And so I did the social anxiety. I can't, but it wasn't as frightening as the panic attacks were. Right, because I've not had one, but talking to people that have, it almost, you're, you, the first time you have a panic attack, you almost feel like you're dying. Like, what is what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, I, I, we were out of town and I had my husband driving to the hospital and it subdued before we got there mm-hmm. but um he was my boyfriend at the time but um 
it subdued before we got there, but also they just kept coming after that, coming and coming. So I would go to the hospital two or three times a week. No lie. I'd be down at Baptist Hospital in Nashville several times a week. I mean, several, two or three at yeah. least. Can thinking I was going to have a heart attack, knowing in the back of my head, you're not having a heart attack, but thinking that this is the one that's going to take me over the edge and I would have a heart attack. Wow. And uh, that lasted about three, three and a half years. Three and a half years of yeah. going to the doctor, the hospital a couple times a week. Cause yeah, did they, that's gotta be frustrating. Yeah. Because it seemed yeah. like, did they not know what was oh, the issue? Oh, they knew. They knew when I came in. They knew it was me. I mean, you know, it was. It just got to be. They they knew what to do when I came in. And then, then, then like, they what's would the, just give me sedation. Yeah, and was there ever talk about we need to we need to treat this so you're not like listen we love yeah. you we love seeing you. And I'll tell you what, your insurance company is sure doling out a lot of money to us. I got a brand new car because of you. But yeah. it'd be nice if you could just stay at home for a little bit longer. So I um, decided I was going to check. I can't believe I'm saying this. I have a I way. I, I'm, if you don't want to, we can, we can skip no, and go on to okay. the next thing. It's so. all right. I mean, people, I'm human. I decided I was going to check myself into Vanderbilt Psychiatric because mm-hmm. I felt safer in the hospital. Being yeah. around doctors, being around people I knew that weren't going to let me have a heart attack was, you know, that that's where I wanted to be. Right. But then we get there and they're like, oh, you can't. I thought it was just going to be a hospital room where my husband or my, yeah, my, well, my boyfriend, husband yeah. and my family could come see me. It's not like that. No, no, it's not a hotel with doctors. <laughs> but I did. I, I decided I wouldn't check myself in um, until the way home. I had a full blown massive panic attack going home from the intake yeah and i said tell my husband boyfriend turn around i'm gonna go back yeah and uh i stayed there for just the weekend but then i got a psychiatrist after that and the psychiatrist helped me um i kept having them until i had my daughter and then when I had my daughter, it was kind of like something took over my head. Like, you've got to take care of this child. you got to somehow put yourself aside. And, and they, you know, it took, I probably had two after she was born. And then they kind of ceased to exist after that. So that is incredible to think you're in the hot for three years three times a week you're you're going to the emergency room with a panic attack and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you become a mom and something clicks in your head like okay hang on now something something is more important than 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 me i got to make sure that this young thing uh manages life right right so the anxiety stayed with me after that, but no full blown. There were never any more full blown panic attacks after that. They just quit after, you, pretty much after her birth. You know, it's incredibly brave for you to talk about this, Nikki, because people don't want to talk about this because they're ashamed of it. Um, you know, they're like, oh, I'm embarrassed or I'm ashamed or whatever. And your body is your body, your brain is your brain, your mind is your mind. And. I'm always incredibly impressed with people that see patterns of behavior that they don't like or they don't they, they think are destructive or not healthy and and take the steps necessary to change them. Um, yeah. You know, you could have just sat at home. You could be just sitting at home now and being afraid to leave, but you took it took guts, it took courage to be able to put yourself out there and even running. Like, I think a lot of times in our heads, we think people are far more judgmental than they are. But when you've got anxiety and when you've got, you know, panic disorder, 
you think about all of these things that people probably aren't thinking like they're they don't, they're not they're not like i think i think we'd be shocked if we found out how little people think about us like right exactly i always think like there's that great movie with mel gibson that came out years ago it was called what women want where he got into right. an accident and he could hear what you know women were thinking all the time if you got if you could hear what people were thinking all the time at some point you go like what aren't you supposed to be thinking about me and how bad i look in these shorts like where are the snide comments about how punchy i look in this shirt like why aren't you talking about me like we'd be shocked at how little people that's talk that's so true that's so true ryan that's i mean that's just yeah and even to this day i feel i feel like i worry about that a lot but you're right well, even, people. Right. Even that. And I think most people, I mean, there's always going to be jerks in the world, but I think the vast majority of runners, when they see someone trying to get into what has brought them so much love and so much clarity and just their, their hobby, I think they're so excited to see people in it that we always root for that person. When I see someone who's obviously just starting their running journey, it's like you, you cheer for them in your head going like, oh, just you wait. This is going to this could change your life. This yeah. could make you a better person. This could be so amazing. And for you, it was you found a community here. You here. You were shut in for yeah. years. You wouldn't leave your house. You start hiking so you can be outside, but you can be by yourself. So you don't have to face anybody. But here you are now hanging out with with runners you have a group of friends that you have found running like that had to have felt like it gave you your life back in a way it gave me so much back it gave me so much back that i I would sit and and just think for i mean for hours will i ever get a real life again yeah and I never thought, I mean, it kind of, I would, I would just, I would stress, I mean, that stress, I would, I would be so sad that maybe I wouldn't, maybe I had shut everyone out because that's kind of what I did when I went into my own social anxiety. I had a lot of good friends, Mm -hmm. but um, I kind of one by one started stopping, I stopped answering the phone. It just, it wasn't because... I didn't want to be friends. It was right. because of me. It was my own anxiety. Yeah. And now you've got a group of friends. You got mixed up with a bad crowd, as I always say. <laughs> you get you get into the world of trail and ultra mm-hmm. running, which in a way was kind of a combination of two things that you really loved. You loved hiking and being outdoors, mm-hmm. and you found joy and peace in running. Um, and I would think, too, that when you are running, when you're doing marathon or beyond training or just any running period, I'm not saying this as a dismissive comment about things less than a marathon, but the physical activity necessary to train for a marathon um, really can wear your body down to the point of you don't have time to think about worrying about whatever. Your brain does not have time for the patterns that that lead to anxiety and 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 uh, and, and and panic attacks because it's just so tired, which it may have helped you in a major way. My anxiety, it, I mean, it it almost, of course, I still have it, but it really crushed my anxiety. As far as yes, I would be exhausted. I wouldn't have the heart, you know. I would, my heart wouldn't race as much because. You know, it's just, it, it really did help with my anxiety, it helped with any depression I had from being social anxiety mm-hmm. that caused a lot of depression. It really wiped the depression. I don't want to say, tell, you know, it's really been uh, not anymore, but yeah, I had deep depression about where I was going to start my life again. And how I was going to do it, how I was going to make friends. Here I am sitting on the sofa. I'm 40 years old and I don't have any close friends. I've alienated everyone. And um, that was a point of you've got to do something. And I just, I found it through running. 
So between the medication you're on now and running, that's a successful treatment plan for you. You've found that this is what you need to do to be able to live the kind of life you want to live. Right. It is. So you do ultras. You talked about that. You got on the trails. You started running ultra marathons. But what fascinates me about about your story is you know, your husband reached out to me and said, you got to talk to my wife. And I'm like, yeah, sounds like a great story. You, and this is so interesting, you decided to pull the safety net completely away and you wanted to run from Mexico to Canada. You wanted to do the run across America the short way. Um, what, <laughs> the short what, way. what was the genesis of that idea? It was actually not my idea. It was my friend Paul's. Um, Paul had, um, had, he was on the bus headed to the Bigfoot, headed to do Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And he sends me a text and he said, after I get done with Bigfoot, let's talk about Canada. And so I'm just thinking he wants to run from Nebraska to Canada. So I didn't know what he wanted anyway. So after the, after Bigfoot and and he would, he had posted his, recap and I said tell me about Canada or is it too soon and I kind of laughed at <laughs> and and so the next thing I know he's texting me what do you think about running from Mexico to Canada well I'm one of these people I'll do anything and when it comes I, I mean I'm, I'm just an adventurous person yeah. I love it and so I'm like let me talk to my husband after I talk to my husband a bit um I don't think any of us thought it would happen. (laughs) He said yes. (laughs) And um, so that was August of last year. And um, so as it got closer, I'm going to be 100% honest here, I did not want to do it. I got nervous. I got, I didn't think I could do it. But I had made made him, I'd, had given Paul my word that I would do it. And he's a, he's 22. It was his, I guess he wanted to do it for a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. But, um, so I ended up, you know, going, <laughs> you let a 22 year old boy talk you into running from Mexico to Canada. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so we started on May 18th. And by day four, Paul decided it wasn't for him. Wait a minute. The 22-year-old <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. is saying to the, we're just going to say you're over 30. We're just going to leave it there. Let's just say that. Is um, <laughs> saying to the over 30, I don't want to do this anymore. You yeah. never wanted to do it from the get-go. So... Why did you not take that out? Because you were given the perfect out. Oh, that's a question that I don't know if it was building before. If, 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 if me continuing to go in my psyche was building before I started. Or if I, because I'd only been out in the hot Texas sun for Four days. Yeah. I mean, when I'm talking hot, I'm talking uh, heat index. I think it was in the high 90s. I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't say that that had to be the most fun, but I can't remember it not being fun. And uh, so on the fourth day, we went back to the hotel and he was going to think about what he wanted to do. He left the room, and I told my husband, who who was crewing us, I said, no matter what he says, I think I'm going to go on. And um, a lot of people question that, you know, why would you go on? Yeah. This is time to come home. What are you going to do out there by yourself? And I just wasn't right. I wasn't ready. I told my, I told my husband, I said, I'm just not ready to be done. And I don't know how far I can go, but I want to keep going. Nikki, this is like a huge thing for someone with social anxiety and a panic disorder to go in. There's so many unknowns. 
this is there is so, no safety net here at all i had a crew i mean i had i had my husband and he was gonna be with me through almost dallas and then my daughter was picking me up in dallas yeah and she crewed me for a few days and then i um, a local race director from Birmingham, he came out to crew me. And um, after that, when it became, it was coming up on me being by myself, I had to make a decision. So, and so, so basically, you went through Texas and you know, parts of Oklahoma. I'm bad at geography, and, people, so don't laugh. Um, <laughs> You're right. So, so, <laughs> I wouldn't have known it either. Texas. I ran there. <laughs> Texas, and then I saw Oklahoma. Oh, that's where I am now. <laughs> yep, so Oklahoma, Nebraska. Did you do part of Nebraska? And then? I did Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas. Okay. Nebraska. Then I cut up through Iowa and Minnesota. Okay, gotcha. Okay, and Canada. Gotcha. It was beautiful. Once you got to Minnesota, it was probably beautiful. Um, it was beautiful. It all was beautiful. Oh, I mean, I could imagine. Jeez, and I, I don't want to. Oklahoma and Kansas were just the sweetest people. I mean, they were the. I, I, I felt so much love from strangers if it weren't for strangers i don't know if i would have been able to do it all so that's a that's amazing and i i I don't want to pass that over but you 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 had crew basically your husband then your daughter and then the race director from birmingham who is the race who is the race director david david tosh of course it was david tosh i I should have guessed it was david tosh he's the nicest man on planet earth i'd love to see david tosh and harvey lewis and arlen glick have a nice off like who's the nicest person and nicest man in ultra running (laughs) that's an award i want to see um so uh yeah uh, harvey's awesome I so know David. I have not met Arlen Glick, but I've done a race with him. Next time I'll go introduce myself. To say like, hey, I've heard you're real nice. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how he couldn't be. I, I know, right? How mm-hmm. so? Are you? Is basically your crew getting you through Texas, and then the rest of the journey is 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 y'all you? It's me with the possibility of friends coming in. Okay, but that's you know down the line, and this you know it's a it's all up in the air at this point. So I um, had a stroller, mm-hmm. um, Pete style, and um, put all my stuff in my stroller and and just started out on my own, and I felt so free, and really? I felt so full. My heart was full. I. It was just the most amazing experience of my life. It really, I can't even begin to tell you how amazing it was. Was there any anxiety knowing that at some point, David Tosh, as nice as he is, like he's got things he's got to do. Like his, oh yeah, you know, yeah. the date's coming. The David, did, David did me the biggest favor. Mm-hmm. He, so up until I got David, I had crew. Yeah, I had crew. Up in, in, and when I got David, I had him. But then he made me get the stroller out. And that's what I was dreading. And when he made me, I was kind of like, but I have you and I can run faster without the stroller. But he made me push the stroller for two or three days. Just to get you ready. And that, that right there gave me the confidence that I could finish the the run. Well, that I could go on and right. try to finish the run. <laughs> so do you cross the border from Texas to Oklahoma? And then that's when David says goodbye. And then it's just you and a stroller in the road. So when I crossed the border from Texas to Oklahoma, David was still with me. Um, I don't, I think that's the day he urged me to use my stroller mm-hmm. And then I had him for a couple of days. And then he said on the last day that just pretend I'm not here. I'm not going to be here. Mm -hmm. And um, so I uh, didn't, you know, 
I, I, I knew he was in the vicinity. Right. And I knew he could be there in, in an emergency. Um, and I'm, I'm strolling along. Yeah. And I get my first flat tire. And I pull off the, the highway and sit in a driveway in the... It's like a pull-in for somebody's crop, mm-hmm. and um, for them to pull their machines and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I sit there, and in my head, I said, I can't call David Tosh because if I do, I might as well go home. Right. So I'm trying to find an Uber in nowhere, Oklahoma. <laughs> and I kept trying to call them, and they're like, we're looking for an Uber, we're looking for an Uber. <laughs> but they couldn't find one. And eventually a lady comes by and she goes, are you okay? And I said, yes, I am. And I told her what I was doing and I told her how to flat tire. And she goes, oh, my husband has a compressor up at the house. He, uh, yeah, compressor. Yeah. And he can put air in your tire. So she took me up to their house. He tried to put air in it and it wouldn't hold air. And um, she said, let me take you to your hotel and so she did and um meanwhile i had gone to the walmart to get an air pump and a because my daughter bought me a basketball (laughs) pump for my for my tire and i didn't know any different until it was time to pump the tire with air like this isn't working (laughs) it says spalding on the side right (laughs) yeah And I'm um, like, where does this needle go? <laughs> right, right. I'm on the phone with my husband, so I have this needle and I don't know where. Don't use the needle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she took me and we went by Walmart where David Tosh was and he had me a new pump and a kit. And he said, I'm leaving in the morning. And so she took me to the hotel. And so the next morning, David had already left to go home. So... I sent her a text because she had given me her number. I yeah. said, I hate to ask you this, but do you mind picking me up and taking me back to the place where I, I quit? Yeah. And her, her name's Cheryl Schroeder. First act of kindness that I had, like, first human, just, yeah. of course I'll come get you. Of course, I, you know, it was so hard for me to make that, send her that text because I'm just, I hate to ask people to do things. Yeah. And she came and um, took me back and sent me on. And she's a Facebook friend now, and I've talked to her, and she's followed my journey. And from there on through Oklahoma, it was just me. And then um, got to Kansas and uh, had some great things happen in Kansas, too. Um, but it was my birthday weekend and my family came in and surprised me. So they were there for a weekend. And then um, Kansas was beautiful. It is. Yeah. People really like to poop on Kansas, but it's a really beautiful state. <laughs> yeah. And um, then uh, I, a friend of mine that I had run with for for a little bit at HOTS um, came out uh, and crewed me. He drove all the way from Indianapolis, Indiana to, I was almost to Iowa at that point, um, Dr. Mark Frost. Mm -hmm. And um, he came out and crewed me for three days. And that was just amazing that he would make that that journey out. For, you know, we just ran together at HOTS. We struck up a conversation. Um, he just is a, he, just a great guy. And uh, he crewed me fantastically. And um, then uh, he left. And then I was on my own for a little bit. And uh, then I had some friends pop in after that. Yeah. You said... uh, Here and there. Yeah. You said earlier that once you were out on your own, there was this incredible sense of of freedom. You felt free and felt alive and it felt... 
I'll, I'll let you describe it because it's you. It happened to you. Um, but you said about the, um, t- talk about that for a minute. Just, just being out there on my own gave me a sense of you would have never have done this. Um, I would have never have done that. Just ever. Yeah. And I thank Paul for starting this thing because. I've met so many people. I was shown so much kindness. I had honestly, Ryan, lost my faith and not lost my faith in humanity, but every, all the divisiveness through politics mm-hmm. and beliefs and, and all that. It's all thrown aside when you're out there. Nobody comes up and says, hey, would you like some water? But let me ask you who you voted for first. Or, you know, let me ask you your stance on this or that before I help you. People would just come up and help and were so kind to me and showed me so much compassion and love. And people would bring me food. They would see me out. They would see me out pushing my stroller. They would go home, get food and bring me food and drinks without you know, asking me, do you need food and drinks? They would just do it. Um, wow. The farmers, it was, they would always ask me if I wanted water or just hand me waters. Um, I met some really great people out there. That is so and, incredible and was, to, to just witness yeah. it, right? Like here you are, you are meeting people face to face in person all they know is you're this woman who's pushing a stroller down the road in some very rural parts of of, of america and i i think it's a great example of social media is not real um and we are not as divided as people would like us to think i think there's a there's a major effort in this country and a lot of money and time spent on people trying to create divisiveness in places where there isn't because they figure if we're right. if we're busy arguing on the internet about who we vote for who we kiss goodnight and 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 which which uh, deity we pray to that we won't really give any attention to what's really going on because we're too busy fighting about about stupid things that we're not right. really going to be upset about the dumb things that are being done by the people put in power and i think running is a great example the running community is a great example of you you don't right you, when you, you don't come and offer someone water or you don't run some miles like if you're out at hots or any race whatever you meet up with somebody you don't go like hey real quick before i start talking to you during this run yeah a couple of qualifiers <laughs> uh, who'd you vote for last time around uh what are your thoughts on, on religion and uh just real quick i want you to know are you are you gay or straight because i've got some requirements that i won't ever you know and i i, I draw a firm line right, on these things a firm line <laughs> I only run. I only run with gay libertarian Buddhists. That's it. And if you don't meet that requirement, I'm out. Um, but but no, you you saw it firsthand that there is there is a there is a line of BS that's being fed to all of us that we're very divided and we don't like each other. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 a very loud fringes on both sides. But you're having you're you're witnessing that right ahead, much like people are witnessing it on on the when you run some miles with somebody like everybody has had this situation where you've run miles with someone then your facebook friends with someone and you realize that you both have very strong opinions on opposite sides opposite sides of the aisle but you say to yourself i love this person so much i don't care right right that that happens a lot you know yeah you Mm -hmm. see what they post and they're polluting you you disagree but by that point you like the person exactly and that's what Mm, yeah and you got to witness that you you got to see the reality of america with all of this we're all we're told that everyone there's a bunch of murderers out there everyone's just murder just we got a murdering streak there's just murderers all over the place and people are horrible and you saw that no they're not murderers all over the place there are beautiful wonderful people that just wanted they felt like drawn to you for some reason and just wanted to help in some way i think 
people and and I think this was told to me and I'm not going to take I'm not going to take uh, credit for thinking of this thought but I think people wanted to be want to be part of something larger mm-hmm. than themselves yep. and when they would see my uh, stroller and my David Tosh made a sign for me that said Mexico to Canada Ryan they wanted to be part if not just a big part just a little part of of helping somebody that's doing something you know what they for they saw as something larger mm-hmm. um for me it's hard for me to say that was so huge um i have a hard time with agreeing that was a big deal because i had so much fun doing it yeah um it was Every day, <laughs> getting out of bed wasn't easy. <laughs> and um, wow, yeah, it wasn't easy at all. Getting going wasn't easy. But once I got out there, I would try to get out there early. And oh, God, the sunsets were immaculate. In the sun, sunrise, the sunsets, middle of the day, crops. I mean, just animals. It was all out. It was all there. All the things you would think in the Midwest. Well, no, it smelled bad, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but you got to see—you really got to see a big part of the country that people would mainly just fly over, and it yeah, is beautiful. The state. Oh, the small towns in the Midwest are just—I mean, beautiful. Small towns yeah. are just incredible in their own magical way. You got to go at a much slower pace than most people experience that. And you also got to kind of be in the moment. Mm-hmm. You were not checking your Facebook page going like, well, what's on Facebook Marketplace? Oh, I could use a new patio set. <laughs> you know, you were, <laughs> you were step by step going through these towns, seeing, seeing just people do their regular things, seeing animals, seeing the beautiful scenery. Yeah. And it's just behind you. Like you'll see a beautiful sunset. It's gone on to the next thing. It really does change. You were living a much different life on the road than you would be living at home. Um, and it, that's what I call living, is being out there. And it's been quite a difficult transition to be home, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It's been... Um, just hard to be home uh it was such a great experience um i had no really aches and pains i had a couple and i had a couple the last couple of days i had a little pain in my calf but as for the most part 1800 plus miles i experienced no pain it rained on me one day really i mean that's how crazy this was just Everything fell my way. Um, I didn't run into anybody that I was scared of, cars sometimes maybe, but, you know, other than that, just, you know, running on, I did hots. I knew what to expect. I've, I've run on shoulders before. Yeah. And I've run on shoulders that didn't have a shoulder. Right. <laughs> on roads that don't have a shoulder. And that's basically, you know, kind of what I experienced here and, I think Hots was a good preparation for what I did, but as far as the cars, and I know when an 18-wheeler passes, you count to four, and then you get the breeze if it's really hot. (laughs) 18-wheelers are blessings and they're curses (laughs) because they give you a good breeze, but they can also blow you backwards. (laughs) I can imagine, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, especially with the stroller that has plastic over the front of it. But... um, it was just an amazing, amazing time. And um, I did uh, I did it for a charity. I did the Food Banks of America through every state I ran through. Um, any donations made will go, you know, split up between the states. And then I'll also give some to Alabama. Yeah. Um, and then my friend Brian Boatman, he's a local trail runner. He was diagnosed last year with ALS. Oh. And so I also included his link for his treatment to 
so I knew I wasn't out there for me. I knew I was out there for something bigger, mm-hmm. larger. And when I started feeling down on myself, I would always think, but I can eat, but I can run, but I know where my dinner's coming from tonight. Um, I can get out of bed in the morning and use my legs. And I think that kept me from going down, you know, feeling too bad or, you know, when things wouldn't go just right. That was a good thing to pull from. Yeah. So amazing to think that how far you've come and just the brave first steps you had to take and how those brave first steps turned into 1,800 miles from Mexico to Canada. As you were approaching the Canadian border, as you're making your way through Minnesota um, and heading up the state, at some point you knew you were getting closer and closer and closer to the end. Was there a sense of relief or there was there a sense of dread like, oh, crap, I got to give up this life and go back to the real world? Yeah, that, that <laughs> I have done t- hots. I've done Moab as far as multi-day races. And I know the crash after those races are the worst. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because you're physically moving for so long and then all of a sudden you stop and it's just your a crash. And and anything I can compare it to, it would be like being on a caffeine, sugar high, any kind of high for 47 days and then all of a sudden stopping. And I knew the come down was gonna be very hard. And, it, and it's not been easy, but my husband's been so great to me. And he's, one thing I told him as they came, we just be patient. He's the most patient person in the world. He's been so good to me. And I know that this run was not easy on him. And I know it, he wasn't scared for me a lot, but he's been so great. And, and and as far as, yeah, the sense of relief of finishing, no, I did not want to finish. If I had my choice, I'd ran through Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I really would have. I, I just had a great time out there. And um, it was a freedom that I've never felt, just being out there on my own um, gave me a new belief that I could do things by myself yeah and hopefully that will you know bleed over into real life when right I, when i'm able to get right back into things yeah so yeah it's um i would i wouldn't trade i wouldn't trade that adventure from my life it sounds like it, it sounds like it, it was just what you needed it was something that taught you how and how strong you are it restored your faith in humanity because you were dealing with kindness on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, um, yeah. Did, when you were out there, did you notice like something like you like, wait, like, wait a minute, I'm less anxious. Normal, in, the, in a normal situation, if this happened, I would be way more anxious than I am. Yeah, t- totally. I, absolutely. Um, I probably, I, I can count on my hands. I had two bad days. And I was on my, the phone with my husband both of those days and he will said to me afterwards the the way you handled the whatever had gone wrong those two days was I was just amazed at how well you handled that because usually I would fall apart yeah when something like that would happen but I was able to see it through and finish it and um those two days that I, I considered hard, I just pushed through it and I, I overcame without, I, I had a little, you know, a couple of crying times, but, yeah, yeah. you know, it was, I mean, I, I, I never did want to quit. And Had- that was, that was huge. Yes, for someone who couldn't leave the house for several years, that was a big, now that you put it that way, yeah, that's huge. It is. And I'm sure for your, your husband, too. I mean, he loves you, obviously. I mean, he's been to, he's been with you for X number of years and was there when you were at your lowest point. And, of course, he's going to worry about you. He knows you. And here you are. You are 
all on your own on the side of the road through Iowa, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, here he is in Birmingham and his wife is somewhere in Iowa. You know, I he mean, sees that, a little dot on a map moving right. along. Yeah, exactly. And he, was, he was my crew chief from afar, and we would. I was probably the least prepared person that's ever tried to run something like that because um, we just had to deviate from the original maps because they weren't um, the original route. It was not feasible. Yeah. And uh, so each day was really put together the day before. And he was really good about looking at the highways, looking where there were shoulders. When I could get off on country roads or on back roads, he would, you know, say, now's a good time to get on this road. And yeah. he would watch me and he was really the best. Man, that'd be great for him too, to see, to see your journey, you know, step one, two, and your journey's not over yet. I mean, you're going to continue to do amazing things, but to see how far you've come in this in this point to see his wife almost have this new sense of confidence in herself a new way of looking at the world and just a new sense of calm and serenity um but you talked about how much you dreaded the end because you wanted to keep going well then what do you do now i mean you've you've run across the united states the short way you've gone from mexico to canada What are you kicking okay, around so in there? I've already thrown out there. I'd like to go across from coast to coast next year, and he said, "Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to find some money. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as cheap as it sounds." <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would definitely, uh, I would, I would definitely do coast to coast. I would, I would, I'm, I'm up for anything. Um, right now I've got, I got to start when I came home, I didn't realize how tight I was and I started running and immediately locked up Yeah, and that's given me kind of a mental block about going out and running, but I think I'm getting a little bit better. I've got to pace two marathons this weekend. So that's got to get, that right. block's got to be over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. you going to pound through uh, that. Yeah. So um, what's next? I've got some races in the fall. Um, and as far as what I'm going to do on my own, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not so much as 1,800 miles and 47 days from Mexico to Canada. But do you think most people would benefit from some sort of what let me last calls them journey runs. Do you think we could all use right. a little journey run in our life? Even if it's I not 47 days, like, like, like how, what would be a, like, like would five days be enough? I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, I think as many days as you want to be out there mm-hmm. is your, and here's the thing about journey runs there. I think the, Anyone can do it, but you have to want to do it. Mm -hmm. You have to want to be out there for that many days. And unless you want to be out there, like Paul realized that that just wasn't for him. Right. You're, you're not going to have fun. Um, but as far as journey runs, yeah, I think everybody should do a last race, whether it be hot, fall state, um, I don't know about his, um, the his second, new one, the but. second circle of hell. Yeah, no, thank you. But even if you don't, <laughs> yeah. even if you just do it, because I mean, a lot, maybe some people just don't have ten days to dedicate to a Laz race. Even if you went out and just took three or four days, if you had a long weekend or you know five yeah. days, you're able to just kind of work a work a work a get away from the busy life and get on the road. Get on the road and get on the back roads. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of our life uh, is spent flying or driving down the interstate, but the kindness, the love you'll find on the back roads and the beauty you will find on the back roads. Makes it well it's, worth it's it. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. So, yeah, I would recommend it to anyone. 
Nikki Harvey, hell of a story, hell of a journey. Thank you for, for sharing it yeah. on the Adventure Jogger. Thank you for having me. It's been a delight. Wow, 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 wow